Hey guys, I'm Shama. And I'm Tiffany. And you're listening to Chai Tea Party. This is a podcast that recognizes the underdogs, the brave, the creative, and the slightly off in the basic community. Yeah, I've, I've listened to like everything oh, so far. Yeah, I like binged so on like one day and yeah. like, like yeah. listened to every episode in like one evening. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did. So happy. <laughs> I started, you know, like I put it in like in my shower, um, like speaker while I was showering, oh. and then I just kept cleaning. I was like, you know what, this is nice. I'm gonna keep listening, and I just kept listening. I was like, oh, okay, well here we are, and I'm done. <laughs> and it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So you and I met our freshman year at state right and i remember i still remember you <laughs> auditioning for spartan sir and yeah. shivani and i had these sheets out that we had like very laid out with comments and uh-huh. things like that and in like a big marker i was just like he's in i, know, and I remember that i love that yeah. i still have that yeah. sheet somewhere and it was never like a question of like uh, well we'll have him come back and, i was like, like actually like almost i almost didn't do it because i was so scared because oh, i didn't i had like no experience like that at all before I just started my only musical training was like starting to learn Indian classical like a year before actually oh, so I like, was that how, soon. yeah so it's like how is that how am I gonna like do this whole acapella thing or like this western music thing blah 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 but then I was like you know what I'm just gonna do it because I it felt like it was fate because it just randomly ended up at a CIUS meeting yeah. or like this Indian society meeting and I wasn't even planning on going to that and then that was your first announcement. I was like, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> and then you met like all of our, like all the friends we yeah, stuff through it. Yeah. Definitely. And it's crazy to think that like you had just started and the last like piece we did, like with Man Mohini, yeah. how that came together and yeah, everything. Yeah, that, it's was just, that makes me great. cry. Full so circle. Beautiful. I know. <laughs> I miss it so much. Me too. I miss it. And I've been watching that Netflix show, Sing It On, the about oh, yeah. the acapella thing, and I was like, "This is everything. This is <laughs> this is our life." <laughs> what do you do now? What do I do now? So Great I am, English. yeah. So I'm currently an MD PhD student in uh, Mount Sinai in Manhattan. Um, so I'm starting my fourth year in the program, four of eight. So I'm currently working on my PhD in neuroscience. Wow, that's awesome. No, not even. I just, like, I'm three eighths of the way. <laughs> I'm starting <laughs> my half. Oh, yeah, but it's, it's gone by really quickly the past three years. Like, yeah. I can't believe I've been in New York for that long, that short, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm doing right now. Did you always want to be in New York? Or did this kind of just So I knew I wanted to be on the East Coast. Okay. I just thought that was most of my scene in terms of intellectualism, fashion, etc. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to end up there. And that's where I generally interviewed when I was going to medical school. But as soon as I interviewed at Sinai, I knew like, I wanted to go there. And nice. it was kind of like a dream when I got in. I was like, hell yeah, I'll move to Manhattan. It's pretty incredible. I absolutely love it. And um, in terms of everything, culture, the pace all the opportunities and the education, etc. It's been really, really great. That's awesome. Okay, well, you don't just go to med school. You yeah. do, like, a ton of other things on the side. Yeah, so I am also a competitive Latin ballroom dancer. Yeah, I started it when I was in high school. It's when I first really got exposed to ballroom, but then I pursued it seriously from college and joined the team and did that for four oh, years and was in the leadership and trained. 
and then I moved to Manhattan and I was like I'm gonna like take some time off to do this whole med school thing they kind of fit <laughs> the med to see school. where I you know where I stand or you know what the schedule's like yeah so after I would decided to first take a break and get acclimated to medical school but then I decided I really couldn't not dance and it was just driving me crazy after three months three four months so after the first semester after I got my bearings I just um, decided to you know go on the partner hunt get a partner <clears throat> start training because I mean, New York is a huge mecca of ballroom dance you know the best of the best like world champions are either live there or based there or travel through there mm-hmm. wow. so I've had the opportunity to learn from some really really amazing people so that has been interesting um, juggling that on the <laughs> along with um, you know getting an MD and a PhD but ultimately I love it and I wouldn't trade it for anything that's awesome yeah but you do you still sing too right no I mean not as much as I would like mm-hmm. so when I first moved I tried whenever I would come home I would continue taking lessons in Carnatic or something in classical and I performed on and off through our medical school's performance group or oh, it, cool. it's just like a coffee house we put on like a talent show oh, nice. so you know I like led that one year but also regularly performed in it mm-hmm. but um I haven't in a while, but recently I made the decision to come back into my training and classical oh, music. Fine. So I reach out to my teacher and, you know, just at least do it by Skype. I feel like I, you know, I don't, you never know. So I just want to mm-hmm. put in the time now when I can during yeah. the PhD. It's more flexible. So hopefully doing more singing in the future. Nice. Definitely <laughs> a big, big part of my life that I miss. Right. Great. And it's, it's so weird to see your voice change. Like you see it change for those four years when we were practicing all yeah, the time. And yeah. Then you take a break and then you lose all those like, yeah, little things. Like, your range isn't as big. Yeah. I used There's... to sing bass. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I know, and I, I did that. soprano parts and yeah. I can't hit any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like scourging yeah, I know. more of them. Valkyries. <laughs> <laughs> Sirens of the night. <laughs> um, and then, so now you're also doing, and we're, um, which is cool because I got to see a lot of the stuff you posted about this network of the mm-hmm. acapella group. Yeah, definitely. Which is great promo. Now we can kind of talk yeah, about that too, absolutely. which is cool. Um, so tell us about that and how you started to get involved in Yeah, it. so a friend of ours, the Butchama and I met her and we're pretty close with her from Case Western's mm-hmm. the acapella group. Um, Shout out to Sahana. Sahana, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she reached out to me, um, you know, considering that I was in the tri-state, so New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. She's like, hey, do you, would you be interested in kind of creating this network of South Asian acapella and with the ultimate goal of putting on this best of the best national competition that, wow. you know, to this day does not exist in the Desi acapella circuit? And I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> again. Um, you know, it's like I, my schedule is kind of variable. I don't really know. I just heard of my PhD at that time, so I don't really know how it would go. But I, I was like, I'll help out in whatever capacity I can. And that kind of just like, blossomed and you know we got we have uh you know a core group of people that you know mostly in in the tri-state area on the east coast but also now shama in michigan and a few <laughs> people in texas and super motivated super fun chill mm-hmm. people and we're you know putting together this group you know we're linking uh, um these different groups and the point of it is basically to create this forum for exchange discussion of ideas whatever sharing etc mm-hmm. uh, just to start this dialogue in this nascent uh, acapella community you know it's for 
you know, for something like Daisy Acapella, yes, we are in this nest or umbrella of acapella in general, but there's a certain conversation that I feel like only we can have. Like, for instance, yeah. like, how do you employ a rag in in uh in an acapella arrangement you know mm-hmm. like this classical scale like how do you incorporate or these overlay nuances like yeah an american arrangement yeah which is actually some of the coolest things <laughs> and it you know at the interface of these two styles is where you see both similarities and differences where it's really beautiful and just like us yeah so, <laughs> yeah so um so recently providing this forum and also creating this platform where you know the winners of the established competitions across the country can come mm-hmm. and you know duke it out to for like the best of the best title mm-hmm. and uh, we're super uh, excited about organizing that or having it um, in April 2017 yeah. so be able to look exciting. out for that yeah. <laughs> and it's cool because there's a big community like this already for dance yeah but there really isn't anything for acapella mm-hmm. and I think it's still a pretty new concept to have the fusion style yeah because like you know the American acapella has been around forever yeah you know, and you know in like that forum yeah exactly here. in that forum <laughs> at least collegiate in collegiate terms, has a, a governing body, the, interna- the collegiate International um, Council of Collegiate Acapella, what is it, ICCA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. ICCA. Um, but, and that's been really well established, and they have a nationals, you know, tournament style, and, but we would like to create some, some kind of infra- infrastructure <laughs> for Desi Acapella. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's angry. He's not happy when this stuff happens. There are, like, so many things we want to ask you about. Yes, absolutely. So, we'll start with a little game that we like to play oh. called This or That. Perfect. Oh, you gotta <laughs> love this game. Yay, and you get to play it now. Okay, yeah. yes. Perfect. Yes. We really tried <laughs> These questions are pretty bad. Okay. So for those of you that don't know what this is, it's a rapid fire. Okay. I can't wait. So for those of you listening that don't know what this is, it's a rapid fire game where we ask our guests five questions, this or that, and he has to answer them as fast as he can. He can't justify it. He just has to answer the question. And that's about it. Well, he's already familiar with it, so let's get started. Okay. Singing or dancing? Oh, God. Dancing. Right now, at least. <laughs> Scrabble or Pictionary? Scrabble. Tango or Salsa? Ooh. Tango. Sweet or Salty? (laughs) Uh, Salty. I'm feeling salty right now. Not about anything in particular. (laughs) Double entendre. (laughs) Um, A dive bar or karaoke? Karaoke. Mm. Fuck. <laughs> Would you rather have someone be racist or homophobic? Oh, God. <laughs> oh. This is that type of show. <laughs> we like to jump wow. right in. Yeah, we did not <laughs> Mission accomplished. Well, you have oh. to answer. But I. Uh, racist? I'd rather have them be racist? Okay. I think that's. A, I, think. I think I would pick the same. Yeah, thing. same. Now that we've set the tone for the entire, yep. <laughs> the remainder of the show, <laughs> so all you racists can keep listening. All you homophobic people turn Peace this out. off. <laughs> we know there's at least one out there. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Mario, stop. I said it as a joke. I was like, racist or sexist? Or I was like, racism or sexism? And she's like, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was joking. I don't even know. <laughs> I can't ask. <sighs> Bang a link you can. Well, <laughs> and it is. Um, tea? It's probably yes. boiling over. Yes, please. Okay. So tell us a little bit about, you grew up not too far from here. Right. But you lived in a pretty diverse town, right? Yeah, it was, I mean, I went to school with a lot of Asian okay. people. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, yeah, it was a nice mix, I think. What year right. did you graduate? You so, yeah, in 2009. Oh, okay. From high school. Right, that, right. Because yeah. I graduated 2005 from that uh, same school. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Do you guys ever, like, cross each other in the halls and didn't even know it? We couldn't have. But if he was a freshman, you know, he was in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> or the grocery store. Or the yeah, store. well, Maybe. for yeah. sure the library, yeah. the grocery store. Yeah. Actually, we probably were in the, the same mall. space. The mall, I mean, place. yeah, oh for sure. Somerset Mall, it's like the hangout it's, spot oh my Troy gosh, High. Oh my gosh, yeah. Me? Literally, <laughs> Even in middle like school, your parents would just yeah. drop you off because there's nothing else to do. It's and there's like five miles to walk around. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was so fit when I was 12. Yeah. Mall walking. <laughs> yes. I yeah. was an old lady mall walker at 12 years old. <laughs> but yeah, I did high school. Um, yeah, I did all of high school in Troy and then I went to Michigan State. Before mm-hmm. that, I was in California and before mm-hmm. that, I was in India. So oh, that's wow. I was born. Okay. Yeah. That's so interesting. I don't think I remember that about you. Yeah. It's been cool that like all of our guests, except for maybe Vidya, has been right. like, born in India and moved here. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is how really old were you when you came to the U.S.? Uh, eight. Oh, okay. So you're yeah, very young. Yeah. Oh. What was that? You <laughs> I'm like very young, very young. And you're like, oh, you were very old. old. <laughs> For moving and like, because um, a lot of people sometimes don't remember like what it was like to transition. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, I remember, first of all, not wanting to move because I was oh, like, yeah. oh, hell no. <laughs> no, just it was so drastic, you know, when you're mm-hmm. that young and also... You have, like, friends at that point, you know, yeah. have gone to school with, like, the same cohort for a while, and also it's, like, a whole other, literally, world and, yeah. <laughs> and culture, and I remember telling my parents, like, okay, I'll move on one condition if you put me in an Indian school, or I can just be with all Indian really? people. Wow. Like, yeah, 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 we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we ended up in Sacramento and oh, wow. <laughs> California, and, I mean, there were a decent amount of Indian people, so I guess it was not a complete hmm. lie. Yeah. But... <laughs> But we had a lot of family, um, so that was at least nice mm-hmm. and in, in Sacramento and California. But yeah, I remember first thinking it was really cold, even though it was July. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, this is freezing, especially going to the supermarket, like my first time in one of those big places. And Where it was like, like everything's, yeah, everything's cold, and, and it's really mm-hmm. the produce section. Yeah. Oh, no. I was like, I need a jacket for this. <laughs> like, I can't but I think overall, I acclimated pretty quickly thankfully I yeah. mean there are some initial things like the way I dressed you know like tucking in the shirt it's like mm. you know the collared polo-ish but not that style of shirts with like weird graphic prints mm-hmm. you know right. like shorts like up to my nipples <laughs> like just like tucked in with like the Hot. with like the like the kungum or something oh, on my face really? with the sindoor, yeah and just like you know probably with an accent but mm-hmm. I mean the nice thing about when you're a kid is that your critical period for language is still open and yeah. you can learn pretty quickly and I think mm-hmm. the accent went away and I mean I was, I was always good at English we spoke English at home too mm-hmm. when I was in India so that was mm-hmm. not an issue yeah. where were you born in India? I was born in Chennai okay. in Tamil Nadu yeah okay so yeah 
Did you take the Chennai Express? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's my that's only reference. Low hanging fruit. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I've never it's, seen the movie. <laughs> it's actually I like it, even though it's received mixed reviews. <laughs> Especially from the South Indian community. Mm, makes yes. Sense. But is <laughs> gonna kill me. Like <laughs> you bit. Why? Why do you have to go there? <laughs> uh. Um. So then, when you're here, what? Um. Oh, I guess you can answer that. So I guess I'll just ask then. What? What age did you start to kind of come into like your sexuality? Yeah. So. Or when did you start to kind of realize something was different? I think I knew that from elementary school actually so when i was in india even oh, okay. yeah when i was really young and what was your initial reaction to it i mean i was i mean there's there's like denial initially from the beginning i mean even from the very beginning i feel like i've had more like female friends and male friends it was just mm-hmm. like easier to connect with them mm-hmm. i didn't really like sports that much not saying that you're not right, <laughs> you're not right. like straight if you don't like sports but right. it's just like you know these these things these like natural predilections that are starting to develop mm-hmm. at that early age and but you know it's also something you just start suppressing especially when you're in a place like India where mm-hmm. there's literally like no mm-hmm. presence at least at that time I think mm-hmm. things have changed a lot now especially mm-hmm. in North India and big metropolitan places like Chennai but right. back then it was mm-hmm. not even like discussed or mm-hmm. spoken right. about and so there's no role model no nothing and it's okay well this is probably like a phase blah 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 and then and then I slash I didn't even know what to name it, you know, I didn't even know oh. that it was a thing. Right. Wow. And then you and then we moved to America and then I think that was the first time I heard the term like gay. I was like, Oh, what does that even what does that mean? Oh, oh. Okay. interesting. And then I was like, Oh, so this is a thing that can happen and and I'm then, not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And yeah, you know, this kind of kept going in terms of like knowing that this whole again other world <laughs> exists yeah. uh, but I still wasn't obviously not comfortable identifying with that but because I was still very much in like an Indian mm-hmm. mindset you know around Indian family and friends etc mm-hmm. and it's still not something we ever discussed and you know how it is in like Indian households you also don't discuss anything really about sexuality or even or dating anything. I never yeah. got like mm-hmm. the birds and the bees talk I mean yeah. figured that out by myself right. Thanks. Right. <laughs> and dad. I mean they did a lot of amazing things yeah um, but it's something that like isn't quote nice yeah. to talk about. Also, like difficult things are just like yeah. we're just not gonna. We'd rather avoid it. Than exactly, exactly. Right. And I mean, this kind of continued this denial thing even until high school, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it was only at the very end of high school. So after I finished, actually after I graduated mm. that summer. Um, was the first time I came out to anyone wow. and it was oh, like okay. to my close friends at the time first okay. um, so I figured you know it's like before college it's like the next big step mm-hmm. and then I feel like I was saying I was fortunate enough to have surrounded myself with friends that are very accepting mm-hmm. and I feel I felt like it would be received pretty well mm-hmm. so yeah I did it and then haven't looked back <laughs> since yeah. And, yeah so when you told your friends how long before then did you really like identify with it or was it really not until you told somebody and said it out loud yeah I think even after I said it it took me so yeah summer after high school Mm -hmm. um but you know it still was something I was awkward about slash in college I remember still being like okay should I tell you know like roommates slash like 
people I weren't in the same hall in our you know in our dorms etc like do I like are, just like, like is it something you have to announce yeah it's, it's right. like yeah it was really it's actually really interesting it's like, it's like I felt like it's something I had to announce right. in a certain way it's, it's completely different whereas you don't get to go around and just be assumed to be something whereas you don't have to go around announcing your heterosexuality right. you know, or your or your cisgender mm-hmm. uh, you know whatever but like, it's mom, like mom did I really have to tell you something I'm straight. Yeah. No! <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which is funny because I wonder if that's going to be a conversation that will be had, you know, like decades in the future. It's I, like, I it, hope so. Yeah. I think it should be. Yeah. You have to do the reversal, you know, one Yeah. Time. So it's really interesting. So I remember actually having to, like, you know, like, steal up the courage to tell people, I like, you know, that you were in my hall, or sometimes you'd even have, like, or my friends that were, I was really close with were like, oh, wait, can I do it for you? And they're like, because they, like, never <laughs> get the coming out experience, and they're, yeah. you know, just have them on Skype, and they're like, Prashant's gay. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh. <laughs> okay. So it was really, it was interesting, and, but then after, I mean, also freshman year in college, you're, like, a lot of different sensory inputs going in, mm-hmm. But, you know, especially through groups, you know, with like Spartan Sur or Acapella group or the ballroom team and you get these, you know, the, these families essentially in which you have these safe spaces. So you're really allowed to come into your own. Mm-hmm. So I think definitely after freshman year, I felt mm-hmm. more comfortable in my own skin. And then I felt like I didn't really need to like announce it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to have like a like a trumpet fanfare right. like, yeah. you know yeah <laughs> I mean that would be pretty fantastic that would be but, I mean, um, but yeah and then that's, I've just carried that with me ever since you know to New York med school mm-hmm. you know, what have you and it's become I don't think not like it's not necessarily a defining like you know I don't it's like hard to say well it is something that I am and it is a label it's also not the only thing that we are as mm-hmm. members of you right, know, the right. LGBTQ community mm-hmm. so and that's something that you feel like you have to do or label yourself as mm-hmm. early on and then it's kind of like you know pigeonholing in a certain way but right and I never understood that either like when Ellen Page I remember came out mm-hmm. um, obviously I remember when Ellen DeGeneres came out too I was a child and that was like whoa uh, but when Ellen Page came out, she was like, I never said that I wasn't. Like, why do I have to make an announcement and yeah. an award show, like, that I'm gay? Why right. does it matter? Right. You're still going to watch my movies if you like me. Yeah. And if you never liked me, you're not going to watch my movies anyway. So what does it matter? And I just, I didn't understand that. But it always broke my heart that people had to say, like, this is who I am. Did that change yeah. anything? You know what I yeah. mean? And I just, that's really, like, impressive, yeah. though, that people can do that and still, I, I mean, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but, like, yeah. They still have to do it though yeah. because of society, mm-hmm. and that's exactly. yeah, heartbreaking and beautiful at the same time. But thing, you know, yeah. that it mm-hmm. has to be a thing, right? But yeah, it's because you have to. Yeah, exactly as you mentioned, it's against societal expectations, you know, mm-hmm. and some believe even against biological or right yeah. expectations, and so there's this immense, you know, like negative baggage that you have mm-hmm. to like almost physically overcome mm-hmm. in many cases mm-hmm. so it can be pretty impressive yeah uh, i mean and you you came out still at like a, a a fairly young age i mean there are people who are much older who really yeah. struggle with coming yeah. into that identity yeah so mm-hmm. i'm, I'm they're incredibly in denial yeah, yeah thankful that i was in that mm-hmm. kind of community or you know had a support system i think that's key and just to think about some people that might not have had that it is heartbreaking because you know they mm-hmm. they don't know that it's okay to be themselves around someone right um so 
do you feel like because I think that some people sometimes struggle with this with this is being a representative of your community yeah do you think that that's annoying or it's something that you like to do and you feel like you need to be doing or is um, it a bit of a tug of war with this yeah I mean it's a little bit of a tug of war I'm always hesitant of having one person represent an entire thing and okay. I think Especially, I mean, we see this in media all the time, especially given current events, that we have this general over-generalization, and mm-hmm. it often works one way, mm-hmm. or against one way, mm-hmm. It is it, that is against people that are, you know, LGBTQ or of a certain ethnicity. Um, but I think, though, when it is... I think it's important, though, in the early phases of this, like, culture or subculture coming into existence to have someone to identify with, because, I mean... That's something I didn't have, and I didn't know yeah. that, was, that it was a thing. So, right. uh, yeah, so I guess... In yes. your own little world, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's about visibility, I think, and about creating accessibility, accessibility and creating an image that's not negative, you know, that mm-hmm. you can be this, this, and this and still accomplish anything you want or mm-hmm. do yeah. what you want. Right. And that's something you have tons of examples of if you're, you know, a straight white male. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not mm-hmm. necessarily any other demographic, really, you mm-hmm. know, in yeah. lots of cases, especially in um, Asian cultures. I think that that's, that's a big thing. And the reason that we kind of wanted to start this is because um, as a white person, as an African-American, you have a lot of, although they are still a minority and they have had a lot of struggle, they have a lot of people that are in a position to be able to be accessible to the population and like be relatable to them yeah are you talking about like like, celebrities like oprah is that voice like is that what you're talking about yeah like we don't really have anyone to like guide us and tell us how that how our life can be or like what it should be and i think we're also divided still that it's it's difficult for people growing up to kind of be like you know oh like now we have like mindy kaling and like we have like other people yeah exactly and we have people in those positions but it's still like Mm. but at the same time i also think that they because they came from immigrant parents as well like they're also still dealing with it they're only in their early 30s and yeah you know so that's only been we haven't been here that long i mean like i'm sure i've been into people around but i think that we're growing a lot more like the population of us in the united states is growing so i think we're still in that process of like having to get there versus like other people that have been here a lot longer than we have and i think that also like no one like no two coming out stories are alike and I and so I'm not making comparisons about like what's more difficult or what's easier right. but it is also I think it's like a completely different story being from you know like an Asian or South Asian community mm-hmm. to do that even I mean especially because there's even less visibility in those spheres mm-hmm. right and it's it's not discussed in any way and right. it's it has its whole slew of cultural implications Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know expectations like oh okay like married have kids like by such and such Mm -hmm. age especially like in Indian communities Mm -hmm. and so that was that particularly on top of everything else was another obstacle you know like another Mm -hmm. thing that caused internal struggle and you Mm -hmm. have to you know really come to terms with that and be okay with that and that's hard that's scary that's very scary Yeah. yeah so you're like isolated in like a niche within a niche so it's Mm -hmm. right so and that was kind of a question i had too is what kind of adversity have you faced being like a being a minority in two different slots you know yeah um 
Yeah, I mean, there are definitely times where, I mean, thankfully New York is a very accepting place, especially mm-hmm. Ma- Manhattan. But I mean, even then, just generally, it's like any kind of. Like, let's put it this way, it's like any like an act against any one of those groups is can render you unsafe, right, or make you feel unsafe. So it's like mm-hmm. twice the. So whether it's like racism or homophobia, <laughs> like you know, going back to that, you know, both of those would hit hard, and especially like the overlapping or the intersection of the two. I think I think those are often particularly marginalized marginalized communities. For instance, those you know LGBTQ individuals that identify as Muslim, you know, that's like what are they doing? Like who do they have to turn to? To whom do they? Um, swear their allegiance in really difficult times Mm -hmm. you know it's like a really i haven't fortunately had anything face me like that adversity wise but it is i think generally a little bit more unsettling because you can just be targeted on more than one front right and that is somewhat scary at times yeah especially especially now yeah unfortunately yeah what was it like telling your parents yeah, that was something. And when, actually. Yeah, so I did that pretty recently, actually. So that was about a year ago. Year, yes, yeah, it was February, end of February of the previous year. And um, that was... Are your parents very religious? No. Okay. Yeah. So that was... I was going in with all sorts of like different scenarios, different contingencies, <laughs> like how would I do X, Y, and Z. I think it's funny, like there are like some shows, you know, talking about this where like people prepare like flashcards of different things. <laughs> yeah, and right. like, I didn't do like that, a but of course, yeah, it's like sit down, have a PowerPoint. <laughs> I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make an argument, you know, going back to the science scientist thing. Right, like, yeah. um, so I. The, basically, the impetus for doing that was I was in a really great relationship with someone I loved, and I wanted to be able to share that with my family, and mm-hmm. I felt like it was not... It was both unfair to me and to them mm-hmm. if I was hiding this huge part of my right. life mm-hmm. and identity. So I would kind of... And it's funny, I actually kept postponing when this would happen. At first, I was like, okay, before med school... But then, as with, but then we'd just gone on a big trip to India and come back, and you know, I felt like you know, it, there might be some clinging Indian mentality still, especially like <laughs> yeah. you know, having met all the family and like you talked about these like weddings mm-hmm. and like oh, like I'll come for Prashant's wedding, blah blah blah, and I was like, um, not sure you would want to do that, but sure. <laughs> oh, wow. um, so I was just I kept putting it off, and then finally I worked up the strength to. And so first I told my brother, who's amazing, he's about to turn 16, and um, I, and he, I told him on the phone, so I was going to go home, come home to Michigan for you know, like a spring break, woohoo, <laughs> <laughs> classic destination, <laughs> um, but I told my brother on the phone, you know, just to like have someone on the sides, mm-hmm. on, on my side, yeah. you know, and um, going in, and he was like, oh, so that's it. <laughs> like, great. <laughs> that was anticlimactic. Yeah, but that's good in its own way, you right. know, like, why should it be, like, an some idea, big, yeah, yeah, some yeah. big um, thing, and so he was like, okay, fine, that's great, I'm going? happy for you, yeah. <laughs> and then the week after, I flew in, and I remember, like, 
I was going to tell them after dinner, like the first day I was there, just like get it right off the bat and then spend the rest of the few days I was there, you know, like Q&A, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like if anything came up. Right. And, you know, just because I think it would, it would have been easier to be like at the airport on the way back. It's like, hi, mom, hi, dad, I'm gay, bye. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, peace right. out. And, but so I did that. I told them, you know, I wanted to like talk to you about something serious. You know, it's been something that I feel is unfair again to hide from me and from you at this point and that I'm gay. And I think, and it, they actually, the response was overwhelmingly positive and I was Ooh, not expecting, wow. I was expecting negative, not so much because my, I mean, also I was extremely lucky because I think my parents are very accepting and open-minded and I mean, not religious and that has its own caveats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're very spiritual as a family. We definitely do believe in mm-hmm. like a being and you know, destiny, if you will, in some cases, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, not overly, um, religious or, you know, traditional, traditional. Yeah, exactly. So I told them and I, my mom was just kind of like quiet, but smiling. And I was like, that's strange. But then, <laughs> and my dad was like, first is like, is this a joke? And I was like, it's like not April yet. And I'm like, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> and then, and then he was like, okay, are you sure? Blah, blah, blah. And then he just, I was really proud of him because I don't think this would have been the same conversation even like two, three years ago. I think he's, oh, yeah. I think it's interesting because he's also continued to mature mm-hmm. and just become like an amazing person and father. And and I think mostly he was just asking questions really calmly mm-hmm. to understand where I was coming from, you know, like what, like what was going on in my head. And I think the primary concern that both of them had was, was it something that they did or didn't do that led ah. me to be this way? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so the thing is like, I think for him, it still has that stigma. He's still like coming to terms with it, I'm sure. But, mm-hmm. um, but he's definitely been on the path to acceptance from like, time zero time point zero yeah you know from day one and um and i think it's i I had to explain to them you know this is when like the biologist scientist came out of me it's like you know this is pretty much not it's not like something one necessarily chooses like our lifestyle that is Mm -hmm. like imposed on someone it's just like my hair is black i just happen to be gay like this is literally in the biology Mm -hmm. so and I think I had to just explain that and but then I was like okay well I'm going to bed because this is a heavy night <laughs> after but then the morning after he just came into my room and he like he's like he's like I'm really proud of you I think you were so brave for doing oh that God. and then got That's me incredible. like and brought me like gifts or something so it was like it was really great and so it was awesome and then that following Thanksgiving they I brought my boyfriend to to Michigan and we met him and you know cooked together hung out etc and it really was in the best of all possible scenarios I did not see that coming Mm -hmm. and I'm so thankful I had that situation it would not have been the same it it very well could have gone differently and even from hearing other people's Mm -hmm. examples or etc you know like the worst fear was like being disowned but that was like a point zero 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 one percent probability with my parents but that is like worst case scenario for a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially in like Hindu, Muslim, or Asian, um, Middle Eastern communities, especially. So I think anytime you have to tell your parents big news, um, 
there's always that lurking fear of like that point zero 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 one chance. It, it ends up being when, before you do it, I think it's like fifty percent. So, yeah, it's so inflated. Yeah. But I think that we don't give our parents enough credit sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and there are exceptions to that obviously and that and it's much harder for the people that really have to deal with parents that are like that. But I think you can kind of gauge what it's gonna be like to seeing how you kinda of grew up and like how they handle these yeah. different things that are not really similar yeah. but um Maybe yeah. not like I think their to some extent, situation. yeah. You definitely, yeah. I feel like we should give our parents some credit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. How is it with your like ex- just extended family now? No. Okay. Yeah. That's another stepping stone. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, there are no plans as of yet. I like. I personally am not that close with mm-hmm. like my extended family. Okay. It's just we've kind of like. You know, my parents and my brother, we've kind of done our own thing for a while, especially since we moved to Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yes, we went to India, blah, blah, blah. Yes, we have family in California. But I think at least for me, it's mostly like the nuclear family that mm-hmm. I care mostly about. You know, it's just like, especially yeah. in India, it's like you're so far removed. There's like yeah, there are a handful of people that I really love and eventually we'll tell them. But the majority of them, I literally barely even know, you right. know, so... I don't know. That might just be a conversation never had. Probably not. I mean, it probably <laughs> won't happen because what's the point right. after a certain mm-hmm. point? I don't... Yeah. It's funny because I think... And I don't know. Maybe this is my family, but I feel like you sometimes have to announce to your family what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm doing this or I'm doing this or I'm not doing this. Like, I think you have to... Um, there's like that part of it in our culture too yeah. where you have to like know all of your business exactly. what's going on and it's something that I think this is also my, like my parents biggest fear was that so in my family it, I guess even like you know extended etc like I've always been like a model child you know like mm-hmm. like straight A's blah 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 did all these things was MD PhD in New York mm-hmm. you know scholarship etc all these things and so people are obviously like very proud of it and and I think their fear um, was that just like this one thing, this one part of my identity might mar like mm-hmm. my whole image. Which is so they're kind of like looking out for me. It's like, you know, why yeah. does, why would that discount any of my other accomplishments? Mm-hmm. Like my other, like nearly my otherwise like great track record. Like right. why should this matter if I've done mm-hmm. everything else right exactly. in my life? Mm-hmm. Right. You haven't changed as a person. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like, now they know. <laughs> yeah. So that's... <clears throat> I mean, that's also a valid concern because it is, like, a, there is still a big stigma associated with it. Yeah. And, yeah. How did your boyfriend handle coming into this different... Oh, uh, yeah. Because he's white, actually. Yeah, he is. So interracial. So you're a gay interracial yeah. couple. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep on breaking I know, I know. <laughs> um, I mean, it's what I do. <laughs> Careful. I actually just did the haircut for those that can't see (laughs) Um, I think he was definitely intimidated at first because again his story was completely different like he told his parents when he was in high school and um, you know I mean they're also slowly been accepting it over time and but it's like on top of the parent thing which is normally daunting for any couple it's like 
the cross-cultural thing, which makes <laughs> yeah, it like right. almost exponentially more yeah. daunting in a way. Because, <laughs> sure. you know, on the same theme, like different world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's like, how will, you know, how will I be received? Like, I think one of his fears is like, will they see me as a person that did this to their son? Oh, you know, like, again, yeah. it's like, it's like wow. you know, something that's imposed on someone or mm-hmm. inflicted on someone, which is you obviously not. I know, right. yeah, but... I mean, I think that was his worst fear. That yeah. was not realized, but um, thankfully. But, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, he loves Indian food and culture. We listen to, like, old Bollywood songs together. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. Um, but, yeah, so... And he loves my mom's cooking. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah, nice. You know, so your mom must love yeah, that too. Call, yeah, um, she loves fans, and <laughs> he calls him auntie and uncle. Like, Aww, <laughs> that's cute. cute. It's adorable. <laughs> um, yeah, and my, he and my mom text like without me. Are and you it's, yeah, and I'm just that's like, what? You can't just do that. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is seriously like the best outcome that you could imagine. Like, mm-hmm. That's amazing. I'm yeah. So glad. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. It's so how great. was it telling your parents that you were a ballroom dancer? That's <laughs> Mom, dad. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, that, they obviously loved that. I, I mean, they are both artists. So my dad was a oh, singer wow. and my mom was like a classically trained Bharatanatyam dancer. So I guess that's where I get that from. That's awesome. So they were obviously very supportive of both me pursuing both of those things mm-hmm. and have been my cheerleaders, mm-hmm. you know, monetary funders, <laughs> etc. throughout. So, yeah, I mean, they've been great. They're very supportive. And they sound kind of... lovely. Oh, your boyfriend. Yes. Oh, you guys met. Oh, yes. So this actually can... Another this callback. is funny, yeah, yeah. Another full circle to, like, your first episode <laughs> about Tinder and, like, oh, online dating. Because okay. we actually met online on Tinder, actually. Yeah. So that's why I was actually... As soon as I heard the episode, mm-hmm. I was telling Alex Tyson, I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, we're talking... You're talking about stereotypes in, in, like, the heterosexual world about... It's like, oh, like, you know, it's almost, like, trashy in some mm-hmm. ways to, like, do that. And... Or, you know, especially as a girl on there... Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's very predatory, like, you know, guys are just, like, right. hyper yeah. predatory on that, I've heard. Yeah. But it's interesting yeah. because, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> uh, it's interesting because in the, in, like, the gay community, Tinder is more serious for dating. I mean, yes, it has, like, those, you know, flingy hookup mm-hmm. um, aspects, too, but because we have a lot of other apps for, you know, like the casual hookup mm-hmm. or dating scene. So Tinder t- has like a, has a little bit more weight oh. in that community. So, um, yeah, so we met online. I almost didn't meet him what? because our, <laughs> this is a great story, but <laughs> we were supposed to have our first date. So he like, he's like someone of very few words on online dating and slash in messaging in general. So mm-hmm. he just wanted to like meet and do the talking in person. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have much of a rapport, uh, like before our meeting. Was and, that scary that you're like, I'm going to meet this random guy in New York, going to get killed. Yeah. That, I mean, that's always a fear that's like yeah. in the back of my head, but, um, I mean, you're also usually really... You have to, like, develop a system for these things. I think that, like, you have to do it smartly. So I would always tell, like, a close mm-hmm. friend of mine... Where you're going. Exactly and, where I'm going, yeah. like, mm-hmm. who I'm seeing. And if I had a picture, I'd send a picture of that person. So yeah. I was really careful about how I did this. Yeah. Um, but then, so we organized this first thing. And we're like, okay, let's do... Um, oh, but the preface is... So the day we set this up, I had gone out to boozy brunch with Dan's friends <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. 
and gotten entirely too intoxicated because of this <laughs> bottomless mimosas and hello and <laughs> like, like, yeah and boozy brunch is, an, is like the sport of manhattan so yeah, well, you are athletic. yeah exactly <laughs> so i do love sports <laughs> um and so and so i read his message though when i was drunk obviously and so i was like yeah let's meet up today i can totally do coffee let me like and my friend actually snatched my phone away from me saying like, oh, he cannot do this today. And I'm like, no, don't listen to her. I just, I was like, yeah, let's say 7 p.m. So I can like, oh, we started drinking at like 10 in the morning um, or like 11. Um, and <laughs> 11.04. Yeah. And, um, but then I was like, okay, let me, I can go home, take a nap, wake up and still do this thing. So I go home sleep pass out wake up and it's like midnight <laughs> oh my god yeah oh so i totally stood this person <laughs> oh god yeah and so we never set a place i just said like time you know like mm. we'll be well like i'll text you at this time blah 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 and um and so I never showed up or I never texted him and he like gotten ready put on his jacket was on the couch and, and he told me like in retrospect to his room he's like dude what the hell <laughs> like <laughs> what so it's like well fuck this guy <laughs> so so he so I was like I apologize profusely and you know I was like uh, okay so the next time I'll leave the balls in your court I'll like leave it up to you to decide and um, and uh, I was like okay well you set up the next thing but then I hadn't heard anything from him in like a month. Oh, and wow. so, yeah. And so I do this thing where like I try to like give everyone like one last shot, you know, because I'm so worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are like the biggest catch that I've ever had. <laughs> 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 yeah, <what is> <laughs> and um, so I was like, okay, uh, as like hello question mark <laughs> one last message, and it's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I will. Um, let me take you out for, um, you know, like a beer, etc. like my treat and we'll catch up. I've just been really busy with work because he just started his new job in Manhattan. Um, and I was like, okay. Yay. And then, yeah, thank God. <laughs> so then we met up on the first date and, and it like clicked really oh. from that time and yeah. never thought it would be like that stereotype of like, at first sight, mm-hmm. but in that case, thankfully, it worked out that way, and really? haven't looked back since. And it's like, you know, over yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> um, it's been over a year and a half now. Wow. So that's so great. It's been crazy, and yeah. it's met the parents and everything. That's beautiful. Wow. I love it. Yeah. Tiffany, you and I talked about this like a while ago, mm. but it was the difference between like the intercultural hate that you get versus like. Um, more of a unity in like the LGBTQ community. So do you, I mean, is that, someone had talked to us about this, I can't remember who it was or like how it came up, but like, do you think that there's more unity within that community versus like in the Indian community or like the Desi community? Uh, Or do you not see as much like, like hate within that? That's a good question. I think, I think there they're kind of slightly different circumstances that have led to the unification of both of those communities. Mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways it was almost like for the LGBTQ community, like, uh, you know, there was violence directed against them, you know, it was almost like a case of disenfranchisement mm-hmm. and 
like no voice, no power, etc. And uh, you know, also in you know playing or not playing with, but like in like in blurring gender lines, etc. It just makes people really uncomfortable in a way that's different from like xenophobia or you know、right. being afraid of you know people that are ethnic in any way. So I think. There have been a, like more, I think, almost violent acts that have driven the community to unify.、Mm-hmm. I mean, and it started, of course, obviously with the the Stonewall movement that、mm-hmm. was that really was like the very first Pride, and it was very much,、um, I mean, a celebration of identity. But first and foremost, it was a protest,、mm-hmm. you know, and、um, like a call for a call to action and.、Um, Getting a voice, especially when hundreds and thousands were dying because of the AIDS epidemic, that you know, and that population was so ignored. So I think the circumstances were so different, and I think、um, that has a little bit more unity in that regard. But I think, for instance, also I feel like every college campus now has like an Indian undergraduate student association、yeah. thing, but it's it's more so. Yeah, I just think the circumstances are different. One、mm-hmm. I feel、Apples、is a bit yeah, yeah. I don't really know how to compare that.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That makes sense. Yeah.、Um, do you have any more questions? That was pretty much everything. Yeah, because I wanted to like I didn't know if you were dating someone right now or not, so I wanted、yeah. to ask, are you dating someone? How that happened?、Uh, yeah. And like we literally talked about it.、Um, do you have anything that you would like to add <clears throat> that we haven't really covered? Or what, do you have do you have any advice for anyone that is listening or could potentially be listening to this later on? That's a young person trying to come into their own. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's very important to have a a good support system. So I think it's easier said than done in a lot of cases, especially people that might not have access to that.、Mm-hmm. So I think there it is important to almost reach out to you know see what、um, resources are available. Whether it's someone you know, it doesn't have to. Whether it's someone in your family or in your faith or in your school that you can turn to, or、mm-hmm. a friend, you know, if, to get an outside perspective, just to know that. It is safe to be you, or to you know test the waters on seeing how it would be accepted, and I think that first conversation is like probably still one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, and、yeah. I think after that it does get a little easier. And you were supposed to say it gets better. I know. I just didn't. I just didn't want to. You <laughs> fucked up. Do、I、it again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's about I think having. That first conversation and ident- identifying those whom you can trust, and I think it's hard for me to comment on like other circumstances because I felt like I was so blessed hashtag blessed,、oh, <laughs> but also really blessed. <laughs> that was another one I was reading.、Uh, <laughs> uh, that I was enabled to have these conversations, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know what other advice really like. No,、oh, that was perfect. I think. Yeah, it really was. 
it's that it's like that first reaching out or even if it's like a hotline some anonymous person mm-hmm. or there's, yeah, a there's therapist so many online yeah like go to. and it's just a shame because i feel like so many um people are either you know still in the closet or you know give up their lives over something like it's not being able to have that first conversation or to know that it is okay because they're just surrounded by so much hatred or like non-acceptance or just they don't even know that it's a thing like Mm -hmm. i didn't know that it was a thing Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. so you just never heard the term yeah say anyone looks like that yeah so that was very articulate (laughs) (laughs) thank you is there anything you'd like to plug? I know you said the competition is next year in April. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Check out Network So definitely, yeah. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, everything. And everything. We'll put all the links in the description yeah. of the podcast so you yeah, can check so it the out. So Network of Desi Acapella, our competition is called All American Avaz. So Avaz voice. Yeah. So <laughs> Next April. Next April. In New York City. In New York City. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we will come, be there. Come visit me. <laughs> I'm excited to have Shama there for like a week. Aww, I can't wait. I'm yes. so glad we get to work together. Again. Yes, that was so a fun. dream. And Thank Joe you. is on it. Yeah, yeah. Our producer. The multiple CTP. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Our uh, post production guy Joe is on the um, executive board for the competition as the yeah. tech guy. Yeah. Which is really cool. Definitely. I'm so excited. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the thank show. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> so it's a pleasure. Yes. And it was so good to see you after so long. Yes. And it was so yes. nice to finally meet you. Yes. <laughs> Shama raves about you. I feel like we've heard so, so, so much excited. about each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bear with us as we have a lot of people to thank and give shout outs to for this week's episode. First of all, thank you to our very special musical guest this week, Rutgers Rog. We love you guys. Thank you so much for submitting your work. We are so excited we could feature you. The closing and opening song that you heard on this episode, Radioactive, will be released out this August. Make sure you guys check out their Facebook page for more of those dates. Also, a shout out to the 2013 Rutgers Rock team that was at Philadelphia Philharmonic. Yes, the best weekend ever. I'm just saying. I still dream about it. Also, a shout out to Network of Desi Acapella. We are an organization that wants to cultivate camaraderie among South Asian-inspired acapella artists by providing a forum to share and exchange inspiration and individual endeavors. You can check us out on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, There's a website coming soon. Make sure to go like us on there to stay updated with all of that information. The competition that we were talking about, All American Awaz, will be in April of 2017 in New York City. Again, more information on our site and our Facebook. For those of you that are in the LGBTQ community, if you just need someone to talk to you, if you have questions, this is a confidential suicide hotline for gay and questioning youth. Make sure to check out the trevorproject.org. They're amazing. This is an organization that actually Prashanth recommended to us. Um, and you can call them actually if you are in crisis, if you're again, if you're feeling suicidal, if you just need someone to talk to in a safe place in a judgment free area, um, you can call them now at the Trevor Lifeline at 866 488 7386. As always, a big thank you to our supporters at Brown Girl Magazine. We are so happy to be part of the BG family. You guys go check out all of their stuff. They have so much work on their website, so many articles, so many great videos. Their mission is to help empower young South Asian women in the United States. They are phenomenal. Check them out at browngirlmagazine.com. 
They have a Twitter. They have an Instagram. It is all lit. You should check it out. You can find the links to everything that we just mentioned in the description of this podcast. Make sure you guys go check out Chai Tea Party slash Chai Tea Party Show on all of the social media things. Carry on. So if you like playing Scrabble, karaoke bars, and salty Indian girls, share this with someone you like. Or don't like. Or sing with. Or dance with. Or somebody too. Cheers! Cheers! <laughs> <laughs> Ishq ko azmane, ishq zade.